Hey everyone, Mike here. Welcome back to the LaxRecords.com podcast. This is episode 44. Now, I know it's been a while since we've had an episode, and a lot of that just had to do with trying to figure out what I wanted to do with this podcast moving forward. We've gone through a couple different iterations of it over the previous 43 episodes, but as many of you may have seen over the last month or so, I have a new Midwest contributor, Michael Ward, and he's a good talker, and it was one of those things that's kind of bore naturally. I've been looking for someone to possibly do a consistent weekly podcast with, and I floated the idea out to Michael. He said yes, so you're going to see some of the fruits of that conversation in this episode where we really talk about um, his latest article, which is on the state of professional lacrosse. And Michael does not hold back, so you guys are definitely going to want to check this one out. And the goal moving forward is to do this every week as we did before. Every Sunday we'll have the release, so we plan on recording um, each week and getting you guys an episode. So, But in the meantime, I'd really love to hear what you guys think of this new format. So be sure to find me, tag me on Twitter at Lax Records or on Instagram at Lax Records. You can email me mloveday at laxrecords.com. However you feel comfortable reaching out, there's a contact me form on laxrecords.com. However you feel like reaching me out, just definitely let me know um, what you think of this episode. If you leave reviews on iTunes podcast, do that. I'll read them. Uh, so whatever, however you feel comfortable letting me know what you think of this episode, please do. I'd love to hear from everybody and see what we can do to improve this moving forward. But for now, on to the show. Welcome to the LaxRecords.com podcast, and I'm here with Michael Ward, who is the new Midwest contributor at LaxRecords.com. Michael, you know, thanks for joining the podcast for the first time. I'm excited about this new version of the podcast. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm uh, very excited about uh, doing this. This um, this is an exciting time for lacrosse, so it's gr- it's great for me to be on board. It is, and uh, a little bit later in the show, probably not too long, we're going to kind of talk about our uh, the professional lacrosse, because I know you just did a column on that, but before we get started, since this is your first episode of the podcast, why don't you tell people a little bit uh, about you and who you are, and then I'll kind of fill in some of the gaps on how we got connected and what, what's going on. Sure. Um, well... I was never a lacrosse player. I was a hockey player growing up. Um, I grew up in Chicago. I've lived in Chicago my whole entire life until the last two years when I moved to Carmel, Indiana, a suburb of Indianapolis. Um, I would say my love of lacrosse, which I wrote an article about before, um, was when I met who is my wife, who is from West Islip, New York. Um, and being in West Islip, New York, was unlike anything I'd ever seen coming from Chicago. Um, they played lacrosse. Kids were walking the streets, riding on their bikes, walking walking around with lacrosse sticks. And it was sort of like when I was growing up and you'd go to a basketball court or you'd go to the playground and play baseball, they were all playing lacrosse. And, and, and I was fascinated by it. And uh, her whole family played lacrosse. Everyone she knew played lacrosse. All of her friends played lacrosse little brothers, her friend's little brothers. I mean, one of them was an All-American at Rutgers. Um, so that got me into it. And then coming back to Chicago, I started going around to um, watch the high schools. And I, my high school, the high school that I went to um, when I was young was Loyola Academy. Um, and they have a very, very good 
lacrosse program and next door down the block is new trier and they are also great so as far as the midwest goes uh my first experience was lacrosse with lacrosse was loyal academy and new trier um which to this day is just a monster rivalry in the midwest uh they're both very well known throughout the midwest throughout the country i would say uh you know they have they have put a lot of players into d1 uh and then from there i've you know would go to high school games anywhere, anytime I could. Uh, whenever I'd travel, I would go to, to college games or uh, I caught a, a few different pro games, but it's, it's something that I've uh, really loved. And then my son, who's now 16, he started playing when he was eight. Um, so he has been on at least 10 teams, uh, travel teams, different times of the year, uh, one-off teams and everything. So I've been around different coaches, different players, different families, and it's it's been something that I love. So it's something that I, I you know, the type of person I am is is when there's something I'm in uh, that I like, that I love, that I'm passionate about. I want to do as much with it as I possibly can. Yeah. Uh, and so that's where I am. And we got connected. I guess it was uh, earlier this year. I, I just gotten an email from you and you had expressed uh, some interest in in helping out so i remember we talked on the phone one of my uh, drives home from work which is about good good hour hour and 15 minutes because i drive into chicago from one of the south suburbs <laughs> it was one of those moments where i remember we talked and we kind of uh, agreed to to try it out and see how things were going and i guess it's just kind of built from there to now where obviously you're you started your column a little bit more than a month ago now. I think you're about a little bit uh, – it's been about a month, and every column has been well-received, and now we're going to do the podcast. So, obviously, the relationship seems to be, be working for both of us. So, it's it's an exciting time. Um, I guess I would ask, you know, how tell people, like, how, how did you find Lax Records? Like, what kind of drew you to it? Well, uh, as I was saying, like, my interest in lacrosse, I want to know as much as I can, and I like to see all different perspectives. So, uh, when I – you know, I get everything on the internet and I look up things about lacrosse and lax records popped up. Uh, and it, you know, it, it kept popping up. So I, you know, seeing, I would always look for the players that you would pick, uh, or whoever was picking them. And I, it turns out, you know, seeing, you know, players to watch. So I was more interested in seeing players to watch in Illinois because at the time, I knew a lot of the players. I still know a lot of the players. I just happen to know more players in more states now. But I always wanted to see if I agreed with you. Uh, and so that's, I would always check it. Like, I would see, oh, is this kid? There's one kid in particular who I was always looking for, who I've seen this boy play since he was nine. And at nine years old, I said, this kid's a definite D1 player. And I wanted to see going forward if it's, you know, if I could make the pick from nine. Mm -hmm. So I always looked at your list. And that's what got me in. I mean, that's what, that's what brought me up. And then when I saw that you were working out of Chicago, um, that's what made me reach out because I'm like, then you would best definitely know the, the schools I was talking about, the players I was talking about. So that's what that's what started me contacting you. Yeah, and it's kind of grown from there. So I, I know people if they if they have questions about more of your background or my background or Lax Records, I'm sure they can reach out to us. Uh, we'll uh, real quick, like, what's your your Twitter handle if people want to reach out and your email. Uh, my Twitter handle is at MFWCHI. Um, 
Michael Fitzgerald Ward, Chicago. That was I made that Twitter a long time ago that I never used. I, I wasn't a Twitter person at all. Yeah. Uh, but now with this, um, it seems to be the best way to communicate and, and get information out there. My email is mward at laxrecords.com. Um, and anyone can email me uh, at any time. I'll, I'll answer if you send me a tweet or a DM, I will answer it. It's, and, and I love getting into the conversations. I love talking about it. As people who will probably listen to this who have already connected with me, they will probably say he will keep answering you, and it'll be a 10-minute DM as opposed to just a quick one-off. Like I always come back with a question or an answer because I want to get information. I like knowing as much as I can. Uh, and, and and I'll ask all the questions, and I'm not shy. I'm not a shy person either, so uh, just let that be, be known. But I'm interested in learning about everything and talking about everything and hearing about everything. And obviously everybody can find me at Lax Records um, on Twitter and Instagram and, and everything, and everybody should know my email by now. <laughs> so, But I'll link to it in the, in the show notes and everything. But I'm sure what we really want to get to, and we've tried not to talk about it before we actually started, was – your latest article um, was kind of on the future of lacrosse, and a lot of it was geared towards uh, professional lacrosse, which we're recording this on uh, Thursday, December 6th, so we've had a little bit of news break since you haven't wrote this article, so we have a few new things to talk about. Um, but for those who don't know, Michael, why don't you just kind of film in on, first, what gave you the idea for this latest column? Um actually Twitter from Twitter uh, made me think of it. Like I, I come up with an idea for a column based on like anything. Someone will say something and it, and it sparks something. So this was uh, on Twitter. Um, Paul Rabel was tweeting something and, um, and he said like, it, it was talking about Atlanta and Seattle. And I sort of shot a tweet back at him saying, you know, what about the Midwest? Um and he said, we got you. We'll, we'll, we'll do something in the Midwest. But he wasn't really clear about it. Uh, and then I said, one of my suggestions, and I wrote about this, is a strong pregame or a strong you know, game highlight show, sort of like what College Game Day does for um, college football, what all the Sunday football games do. I said, you need strong um, uh, anchors or, or you know, Paul Carcaterra, uh, Booker Corrigan. Quint Kesnick, people who everyone knows, but those guys are so passionate about it that I love listening to them talk. So when I put that out there and I, I replied, I said, you should be looking at someone like Booker Corrigan. Now, for people who are younger, I said, Booker Corrigan could be Howard Cosell. He could be John Madden. He could be Don Cherry from Canada for Hockey Night in Canada. I go, he's got that kind of personality and the knowledge and the passion. So when I said that, I think I said, I'm going to write an article about this. So that was the, how it started. Just literally a tweet from Paul Rabel got me into this. And, and um, real, real quick, we're, for anybody who doesn't know, and I can't believe you'd be listening to this podcast and not know, but we're talking about the, his announcement of the Premier Lacrosse League, which is the new kind of player-driven um, league, which will go up against the Major League Lacrosse and somewhere the NOL as well. So, go right. ahead. <laughs> and, 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 I mean, th this is part of the article that I wrote is, in the last two months, I've never heard more talk about professional lacrosse in my life, uh, ever. I mean, have yeah. you? I mean, no, I mean, the, I, I think every, most have seen it in the news. 
Right. Every, I mean, every day there's something. Yeah. Which which I love. Um, I love the, my problem with it again is it just seems to be um, very unorganized. And I've always thought, and I love the MLL. And I again in my article I said this. I love the MLL and I love the players and I love the teams. Trying to watch it was next to impossible. Yeah. Um, I had uh, the um, websites, the lax, what was the uh, lax sports net. And I had the subscription to that and uh, that like wouldn't come in half the time. So that was one frustration. Uh, Barely could you ever see it on, on broadcast TV. Um, So in Chicago or in the Midwest, you, you were sort of shut out, Mm -hmm. Um, which for a professional lacrosse league, that's just stupid. I I mean, I I don't want to be, you know, I'm not someone who just likes to stir the pot, but if you're trying to make your, your sport great, make it accessible. Um, and they didn't. And they've been doing it for two, since 2001, and they don't have a, a, a major TV deal. I mean, they had some here and there, yeah. um, but nothing strong. And then Paul Rabel comes around with the PLO, and in seemingly a couple months, he's got an NBC deal across all platforms. And he doesn't even have teams yet. Yeah. So it's... <laughs> So my, that sort of made my head explode. Like, how can he do it when he was a player and the, and the, and the brain trust at the MLL couldn't do it? Now, I will yeah, say and, this. I did, I, would, I did get some uh, – go ahead. No, I was just going to say for those listening, like I was looking some information up because like obviously once your article – like part of my job as the editor is to kind of make sure <laughs> when I'm going through and editing is uh, to look up facts. So like I found – did find some some stuff that was – Interesting, and I know I shared it with you, but I guess Major League Lacrosse, like since it started in 2001, they have had, and, and to your point, like at various times, like deals for broadcast television. It says Fox Sports Network broadcast games in the first two seasons, which would have been, well, what's that, 17, 18 years ago. Right. And then, you know, ESPN2 televised like kind of a weekly, probably like a game of the week from 2003 to 2011. So it would have been, you know, it says a weekly MLL game. So that would have been one game. I don't know what day that would have would have been on. Um, and then, you know, and I think I would have started covering lacrosse kind of towards the end of that time. So that may not have actually been on my radar. And it says in 2002, ESPN televised three regular season games, the All-Star game, the semifinal, and the championship. Um but it's been has not regularly been shown on ESPN two since 2012 due to low ratings, and then like you kind of get Lack Sports Network, which kind of started up. Uh, I believe um, they're basically powered by New Balance, which also has a stake in the MLL. So that's you can obviously see how that's getting that itch is getting scratched there. Um, so there's been real no consistency for that, which is difficult if you're trying to build. I mean, because. Obviously, a lot of this is you got to get fans, and you know, it's it's a great sport. I think we can all agree on that. But it's like if people don't really, it, it's not on that level where people can just kind of flip on the TV and just see a game. Which you know, when I was growing up, that's how I got into basketball and baseball. It was just one of those things. It was on TV, so it was access. Like you know, honestly, most of the teams that I'm a fan of, it was just access. Like I grew up in North Carolina the Washington Redskins and the Baltimore Orioles were basically the hometown team. They were on TV every week, especially the Redskins. Like they were the Sunday night football because the Carolina Panthers did not exist at that point in time. So like I'm a lifelong Redskins fan because they were on, it was just access. So I think without that, like it becomes a challenge to kind of get people 
like you ha they have to be seeking it out to really become a fan you're not going to just find someone like they almost have to know and to your point like you have to download the lack sports network app and you so you're already there like you're not converting someone who may not have known like you already have someone who knows and is looking for it exactly that was it and 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 it, it was it, it's sort of like they geared the sport to the people they already had and they they made it even difficult for them um i had the lax sport network and it and it wouldn't half the time you couldn't get it like it it wouldn't it wouldn't it wouldn't come through and i would be going crazy i mean i must have sent them 50 emails uh then and then there was the fact of paying for it when i was paying for it i would pay for it and it wouldn't even say that it took my payment so I wasn't getting it. Well, finally, at the end of, I think it was the end of this summer, that they basically just offered it for free. Yeah. Which they should have done from day one. Um, again, trying to monetize something that isn't popular is asinine. I, I mean, I, it makes me, it, it, again, this is, this is the, part, the blood boiling part, is if you're trying to get something out there, it's in their best interest. Like, I used to, uh, I was a chef at one point, uh, growing up, I was a chef and I had, um, a restaurant and I had a catering company, whatever. And when I would try something new, I would go around, make something, whatever it was and give it away mm -hmm. here. Try this. Tell me what you, if you like it here, give me the, and I would give it away. I would give it away five, six nights. Here we go. And then I'd get feedback. Is this good? Do you like it? But the, and then if it was good, everyone would say, Oh no, this is great. I'd really like this. I'd then I put it on the menu and charge for it, but I wouldn't put it on the menu, charge for it and say, Hey, come in here and try this and pay for it. And if you don't like it, well, thanks for the money because that would leave a bad taste, you know, no pun intended in someone's <laughs> mouth. So, um, give it to everybody, get, give it, get it out there and give it to people and let them get hooked on it. Um, well, I think it's I mean, probably that, one of those things like if you look at LSN, like, you know, I could see the argument like, it's going to be difficult if you give something away for free and then expect people to pay for it later. Like, I don't think LSN could have gone free first and then charged later. What I think might have, you know, it's almost one that's like, they could have been proof of concept, which obviously they probably don't want to be. I think whenever, somewhere along the line, I heard they wanted to be basically ESPN lacrosse, like when they started, like that was the goal, which is a, a, a great goal to have. But I almost think it was one of those things like if they had started for free and showed a proof of concept, you may have got, I mean, obviously NBC must be somewhat interested in showing lacrosse in general, but maybe once LSN, if they had started, like maybe we, at that point, they show like, oh, there is some interest in this and we can see it. And then someone basically buys the rights. I mean, there's enough streaming networks. I mean, Amazon broadcasts, NFL football games. I mean, there's, there's so many channels right now that are looking and live sports is kind of the holy grail like that is what keeps a lot of people from cutting their cable account like the fact that you generally can't get live sports on a lot of these channels but that barrier is starting to break down so people don't need cable for that and so but because of that like live sports is it's a big money item people were willing to pay for live sports i mean espn now has their espn plus that's basically all dedicated to these weird sports <laughs> like all the right. off the wall ones so like there's availability for some of that but it's uh like you said people got to know it's there and you just got to be able to show it to them and 
it's showing to the casual person who may have no idea what lacrosse is, but flipping around the channels, they'll be like, hey, what's this? It looks interesting. And then they're hooked. Right. I, I mean, I, I'm an old guy, so I, I like, you know, watching on the TV. I actually have, you know, a, a connection that I could put everything from my iPhone onto the TV and watch that way. But I was also a guy who went to a bar every day, you know, mm-hmm. and whatever sport was on, you'd sit there and you'd watch the sports. I used to go to a, a to a English slash Irish bar, which was, you know, a little crazy in itself, and they would have soccer on all the time. Yeah. Well, friends that I went with to this day are huge, huge soccer fans. I mean, huge. Like, uh, they watch all of them. And it was just because you sit there long enough and you're watching it long enough, you get into it. Yeah. Um, that It's almost you become a fan by osmosis. They don't even have that option. Yeah. To, you know, like I said, you can't go up to a bartender if you're looking at a bar. And, again, a lot of sports are watching bars because they like to have people sit there for a while and have a few drinks or even eat and watch something. You know, not everyone wants to talk to everyone, have a game on. Um, and they don't have that option. And, they, and you can't go up to a bartender and say, hey, can you put on uh, something.com and put that on your TV? Uh, as opposed to just saying, hey, put on ESPN 8, you know, whatever, whatever they have at this point. Right. So that was that's a problem. And I'm sure PLL is going to solve that. Um because they seem to have, uh, well, they have NBC interested, and NBC knows that content is king. Yeah. So if, if they can put it up as far as counter pro- programming, I mean, if there's baseball on, just say here we're going to give another we're going to give another sporting uh, sporting option. Here's lacrosse, and you'll get carry you'll get people switching from baseball. I, I'm I'm sure of it. So um, that is the, you know that's the the. The, the biggest problem, I think, with, with uh, being a fan, a Midwest fan, and lacrosse is that if I talk to, you know, 20 out of 25 people in my area and say, oh, do you know about this person or this person, they had they would have no clue who I was talking about. Yeah. I mean, none. Yeah. I mean, Paul Rabel, people think, is the most popular person in the world. There are people who literally have never heard of him I, in, I, my, in my world. I can guarantee my wife has no idea who he is and she's married to a guy who's covered lacrosse for over a decade. And I did a when I was with ESPN, we actually did a day in the life of Paul Rabel. So I spent the day with him when he was playing with the cannons, when he played the Bayhawks, we fo- literally followed him around all day and she has no idea who he is. Right. <laughs> which is a mate, which is amazing because he's also a, a sponsored athlete. Um, he, you know, he, he's, He's almost going to be, I, I, you know, you see him getting there, though. You you start to see, he's on covers of, I mean, they had a thing about him in Sports Illustrated. Yeah. Hey, I, I they called him the next far. LeBron James, but that's the trace, the LeBron James of lacrosse. I was like, how about he's just the Paul Rabel of lacrosse? Yeah. You know? honest, to be honest, like, I think Paul will end up more known for his business acumen and his vision rather than probably the lacrosse player. Because I think by the, you know, the PLL, like, I, I don't have it in front of me, but. I, I, he's got to be in his 30s, so I figure by the time you know, if in the PLL is gonna, it's gonna take a few years. It's not gonna be an overnight success. I think by that point, like people will probably more associate him with, probably like, oh, he's the guy that did founded that, like more than lacrosse player, like, because he's done a lot. Like he, I mean, he's probably one of the hard, he's probably the hardest working guy in lacrosse. Like he, he's everywhere. Um, so like I think he'll probably be known more for his business acumen, maybe than his lacrosse lacrosse playing, which is saying something in of itself. 
Right. Well, uh, I hope he is, because that means it's successful. Yeah. Um, well, so let's talk uh, about the PL, because I know you have um, some opinions, and I do too, because it's it's it's. I'm not going to say a unique idea, because I know the uh, LXM Pro, they did something similar um, when they did the Pro Tour, and obviously Kyle Harrison is one of the guys that are going to be in the PLL, and he was one of the founders of the LXM Pro Tour, and for those who don't know, in 2009, it was basically a touring uh, lacrosse league. They would um, they competed with the MLL for players um, to, to go and they basically toured the country, and I know it was a little bit like it was a lot of music stuff, and they had they were uh, sponsored by STX, and they had a lot going on. I never got to actually attend an event, but to me, it seems kind of like the precursor to the POL because the POL is going to have um, what two teams? No, I forget how. Uh, I, I don't have it in front of Six me right teams. now. Six teams. Six and, teams. But they're going to travel. So yes. it's not like the MLL where they're going to have a team located in Chicago and a team located in D.C. or New York or anything like that. Like, they are going to travel. And so I find that is an interesting idea. So it's not really that we have never seen this before, but I'm kind of curious what you think. Like, it, it didn't really work the first time. And I say didn't really work in the fact that LXM Pro Tour doesn't exist now. So... Um, and I know they kind of reached an agreement with MLL and, and, and stuff in 2014, which probably had a lot to play with it. But what are your thoughts on, on this Premier Lacrosse League? Well, uh, I think I think it's there was a, there was a need for it. Um, competition is always good. So Paul Rabel came out with this and got nice financial backing. I personally think the travel, the 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 you know the traveling circus is is not the best idea maybe for a year maybe to take it on the road to show people but uh, so let's say you have a big crowd in uh, let's say it goes to st louis which i doubt it will go to st louis i'm concerned about where they're planning on going i don't want to i will hold judgment till i see where they're going but when i've heard him say we are looking in atlanta where there's already a team right. and then i heard him say we are looking in seattle which is in the other side of the country. Mm -hmm. And then I've said they're headquarters in LA. So you got the MLL in Boston and you got PLL in LA. You've got the whole middle of the country that seems to be ignored, but you know, who doesn't ignore the middle of the country are the big networks, the big 10, uh, you know, the, the big 12 and the sec have the three biggest college football contracts. And that's all heartland middle of the country area who are watching TV. Mm -hmm. Uh, who go to these sporting events. I mean, jam they jam them. So, I mean, if you get those people in, it's great. But so you go to St. Louis, let's say, and you got a huge crowd and they love it. Well, then you're not going back. Right? And They're going to go to another city. Wonder, you know, the kind of thought I'm having, like, as we're kind of discussing this, is I wonder if the traveling circus, as you put it, I wonder if that's the test, the, um, the, the, the kind of test part like let's see because obviously to me it makes a little bit of sense to go to places that already have existing teams all right you know atlanta like especially since you can choose like well we'll go to the places where those teams draw well so i'd have to believe denver is going to be among the the stops uh that they will make you know obviously i have no idea where they're what their plan is but i, I could probably guess at a handful like you would have to say obviously la would probably be one new york um, I, like I said, I would bet Denver if they've already announced Atlanta. 
like I wouldn't be surprised to see Chicago on the list, but like I I would be shocked if like Baltimore or Philly was not on the list because I think at some point like you have to go to the areas where you know it's popular and you know they have a pretty good chance at drawing, um, and then kind of building the hype a little bit around that, and then you wonder if after a year or two if they're saying, all right, what's the places that brought the most people, and then grow it from there, but like that's where we'll start you know our six team league from the beginning, like where we're going to plant teams. Uh, I could agree with that. I would think for sure the places that I think they would be looking are the places where I think youth lacrosse is exploding. Um, I think going to Baltimore and and Long Island is like bringing sand to the beach. They already have it there. They know it there. You're not turning anyone new onto it. If they aren't a fan now, by now, they're not going to be a fan because something new and shiny comes along. But I think if you go to, and I I would guess that these are the, at least three of them, California, Texas, Florida, the three most populous states, the three states that, that lacrosse is absolutely blowing up. Um, California and Texas are, are going pretty much like every sport. You know, you got your California, your Texas, your Ohio's, your, your um, Florida, Alabama for football, a few different things, but they just, they just go into their sports craze. So I would think they would do something into, in those because if you get kids hooked, then you got them for life. Yeah. Like you just said, you watched the Washington Redskins when you were young. You're, you're, you're still to this day a Redskins fan. Now, uh, so I like the, for the first year, let's go and put us on the road. The only thing I ha- feel like is when Paul uh, Rabels talked about it, he said, we're doing it like what professional wrestling does and what like tennis does and what golf does. And I'm thinking, well, besides professional wrestling, which is, you know, sports entertainment, it's scripted. So you go there and it's part of a the storyline. There's a storyline going on. It's like a traveling soap opera. So yeah. that's why that's drawing. It's not drawing to the athletic event saying, oh, my God, it's traveling because it's a show. You want to see the show. Uh, golf and and. and tennis those are individuals you're cheering for an individual these are teams and so you have a team playing another team okay we're playing here now we're going to play here well who do you cheer for i mean you just you you to cheer for someone you have to dislike someone you have to have a a heel that's the whole point of, of of wrestling is there's a heel and a good guy yeah okay if you had all good guys if you like everybody and we all probably like every guy on these on the six teams in PLL, so who are you going to cheer against? It looks like an all star game every week. Well, that can get boring after a while. Yeah, there's no drama, there's yeah. no there's no rivalry. And that's the thing is that the, that's the I guess. And don't get me wrong, like I definitely want to see this league succeed. Um, you know, and it's almost one of those things. Like I, I love the fact that there's another league that's pushing. MLL because to your point like competition will make both of these leagues better as they try to one up someone will have to come up with some idea and some concept that will set them apart and then everybody will just kind of continue to iterate and I think just make everything stronger but I'm looking at this I'm like all right you know you know I'm not knowing what the teams are like I'm looking as you know I think it was today um, that they announced that it has signed 17 more players and I'm looking at kids that I've covered uh, since I started covering lacrosse, like the Thompsons, Stanwick, Tal Bruno, like Stephen Kelly, like I know Stephen Kelly's dad. So I'm looking at this and I'm like, one of those things like, 
how do I pull against some of these kids? Like they, I've known them for so long or been covering them for so long. Like I, I have a pull. So, but what are the odds of all these players being on the same team for me pulling for one team better than another? And, you know, I guess, and in some respects, like the NBA's kind of become like this. Like I've talked with a bunch of my friends and a bunch of people who follow the NBA and they've become less about the team and more like they follow players from here to here. Like it's not as much, like, I don't think it's kind of that widespread, but I hear that more often than not. Like people are like, Oh, you know, I liked magic Johnson when he played for the Lakers and you know, now I like Steph Curry. So they pull for the warriors and maybe that's kind of what ends up. People pick a player or two and they follow them and maybe the teams don't matter. But I think when you're traveling, like, like to your point you need someone to hate like growing up a Redskins fan you just learn to hate the Dallas Cowboys and it does not matter who the players are on that team you just don't like them so but in a case like this where there's not that rivalry obviously it's the beginning so there's no rival to begin with but like Pittsburgh and Cleveland those teams are going to hate each other no matter what the sport (laughs) right you know it doesn't matter like those two cities are just have a built-in rivalry but you don't have that with this so that's the thing i find interesting is like how are you going to build that aspect like obviously they're selling the players i mean that's even in their motto of you know we the players so they're they're selling the players which is probably it's obviously at this point like that is this league's strong suit is the players. Obviously they are up to 157 players and some pretty huge names um, and some charismatic names. So, I mean, maybe that's the angle early on and then the rest of it comes later once they've kind of established themselves. I mean, I think being on um, NBC, that's obviously that's going to help. Like this access is going to help. Absolutely. I will say this. Uh, When I did put my article on to LinkedIn, I got a response from a front office guy from a MLL team. And he seemed a little upset with me about saying that the 200 players went over and he said, we have, you know, all these players are under contract until February. And I sort of sent back a little thing and said, okay, well come February, they won't be under contract. I mean, what are you going to offer them? Another $8,000, you know, I mean, this isn't like they're dealing with hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. Uh, this is nothing. But I, I don't think you're going to see it in three years. I don't think there. I don't think there'll be two leagues in three years. I don't think there's a good chance you don't see it in one year already. Uh, what was it? The Bayhawks general manager, the Bayhawks owner today or yesterday, was talking about talking with the PLL, and they're like, "Wow, that was quick." You know, that was one of the comments. Well, that was. They haven't even gotten a, a team name out, and they're already talking about talking to each other, yeah. which, if they were smart, they would be. They would be in a room saying, all right, what do we need to do? Let's get this. Obviously, there's money in there. Obviously, we have you know some strong uh, financial investors. Okay, well, let's. I, I think the MLL needs to get rid of their ownership. I don't think you could actually own a league. You know what I mean? It's got to be... Right. Each team is owned by somebody. So you can't have a team owner and then a guy who owns the league and his interest might be Warrior or New Balance. Right. That's sort of like, you know, it, it doesn't make – it doesn't make – it's not benefiting everyone. It's trying to benefit him. And I think that's there's there's been some of the closed-minded business decisions on the MLL because of business they have outside of it. Uh, so I think Premier – What worked for them early, like – since they were founded in 2001, like the landscape and just in general, like television and 
marketing, like a lot of things have changed in 17 years. So what worked then might not work now. So it's a good time to reevaluate the way you're doing things and how things are working. And maybe this is the push that they needed. Cause to, it's funny you brought up that, you know, that the guy had reached out to you and mentioned these players are under contract. Um, I know you saw the article on inside lacrosse. Yes. I believe it was yesterday. I oh, saw yeah, it yesterday. Yeah about yes. the National Labor Relations Board investigating right. a claim and challenging the legality of a clause in the standard contract by the ML play. So, and it's one of those things like a couple players, um, including a, play, a couple players from Atlanta that were, I guess, had started this process. So maybe they won't be under contract until February, depending well, on how this plays out. So, yeah, I, I, I will tell you what's funny. So yesterday I read that about the uh, – the, the union contract, the National Labor Relations Board. And I called uh, a friend of mine who is a labor lawyer. And I said, what's the chance? I said, what's the chance this is going to, and he said, he thinks it's, just, he thinks it's a slam dunk for the players. Yeah. And if one player, if it's good for one player, that means every player in the MLL will be without a contract. Yeah. And basically this is, so now what happens? Open them up to negotiate with anybody. Right. Right. So then the PLL says, okay, here you go. We're going to start you off at uh, 25000 starting, minimum, with help, full health and share, full health care and, and, and equity in the league. Although, let's not get crazy about equity in the league. Uh, the equity is zero. Right. So it's like, you know, that was another thing about Paul Rabel saying, oh, we're going to be like a, a Silicon Valley team or a Silicon Valley startup. And I said, well, yeah, you only hear about, you know, 10 of them. You don't hear about the thousand that went broke. Yeah. So, and people were paid in stock and the stock was worthless. So the equity part, I don't buy right now, but I think the most important thing is healthcare. Uh, these guys play a rough sport. If you can give them a livable wage and healthcare and, and they can put, pursue and push their own brand, you're definitely going with the, with the new guy on the block. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do think that's important. I do think there's a cap. Like I, I just did the quick math. They're up to 157 players. They announced six teams. That's about 26 players per team. Um, I don't know how many more they could fit on a roster, and legit, I mean, how many of those guys are going to be able to play? Like, I think they're probably maxing out. Like, unless they're open to adding more teams, if uh, one of those negotiations. <laughs> If they could add all the players, I mean, I don't think they can absorb the entire MLL's roster of players at this point, um, especially with the way they're they're going. Because I mean, I guess with uh, the schedule that they have as well, it doesn't look like they'd be able to even play that many games um, over the course of a weekend. Um, you just not run out of time. But it is interesting to see, like, MLL is going to have. Like, I think they if. People are already talking to the PLL, like I think they, there's a there's a definite threat here. There is yes, this, absolutely. The PLL has seemed to have hit a nerve, and it seems to have like Paul seems to have set this like right place, right time, right circumstances. Like it just seems a little bit like you said, like we started earlier. Like I, I haven't heard this much about professional lacrosse, and I can't tell you how long. Like it's everybody's talking about it. It's getting people excited, and that is a that that in alone should probably you know um, scare the MLL a little bit because you know their their biggest news prior to this was what the rebranding right <laughs> like, right that's really like 
and it's 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 not been the greatest of off seasons for the MLL at this point. Right, and every time they and every time they're asked a question, they say, "Oh, we'll get back to you on this." Like, the, I mean, uh, the marketing and the and the and just the PR is is horrible. Um, I, I I think they they've been on their own for so long that they don't think they have to be accountable, and now people are starting to say, "Hey, we have a choice." And when you give the people a choice, you better start making the people happy. Um, they will get it. They will figure it out. Like I said, I think both leagues will figure something out. This first year might be a little screwy. I think they'll see how one thing works and another thing works. And then I think it'll come together in some uh, satisfactory, uh, some way that we're all satisfied with. I think this is a great time to be a fan. Uh, I think this is a great time for youth to get involved and to watch. Um, I think one thing when you're talking about the players, fantasy lacrosse. My son was a wasn't like a diehard Bears fan like I was. Like I, you know, I go crazy for the Bears. People I know are literally insane for the Bears. My son, like I remember, like two years ago, he, he said, you know, uh, I love Aaron Rodgers. My head almost exploded. I said, you, you won't, <laughs> you won't mention Aaron Rodgers' name in this house. He will not be able. To, I mean, when I play fantasy football, I will not draft a Packer. It, 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 he could be the greatest. It won't happen. Yeah. So when he said that, I said, they don't care about teams. They care about players. That's where I see Paul Rabel's idea. Again, he's younger than I am. Um, and thinking kids, if you can get kids into the players. Now, if you could do it on a fantasy level, and I think he did mention that at some point, um, two things that will always help a pro league now in this day and age fantasy sports and gambling yep if you can gamble on lacrosse you'll get people who gamble just to gamble yeah and they'll watch then but that's i mean those are things that could happen uh but i you know no matter what we're saying and 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 you know like i I don't want to be critical, but I'm a little critical, but I'm excited about it. I, I want success. I want, I want them to be as successful as they could be because it's good for us, and I care most about the fans. That's my thing. I want the fans to be happy because I want the sport to grow. Yeah. Well, I think you get the people like us who we're, we're in the bag for it. You know, we're going to watch. You know, it, it's going to be one of those things if I turn on my TV and turn on NBC – um and get that game or you know even better yet for me if i can open it on the nbc app and get it you know whenever i want um you know you get those people and then you get the people that are excited about it talking about it and then it makes it easier I'm like oh yeah if you go go over to nbc you know, saturdays at one you can see what i'm talking about like and to your point it's not one of those things like you could probably go to a bar and be like hey can you turn on you know, whatever channel NBC is in Chicago and have it on. And then you're going to get people sitting around being like, what is this? Cause it's not right. You know, and cause it's obviously preaching to the choir, but it's got so many great attributes to it. It's hard not to watch. Like if you put it on, but there's, I'm sure I could go to a bar here in Chicago and people would have no idea what, what the sport, like if I mentioned lacrosse, they'd think about the car. they wouldn't be it wouldn't be the sport but if you can sit around a bar and be like sitting there watching it like then you get a few more people and yeah i I, I totally agree with that and i will say this that the the peel is giant i started a um a lacrosse program at my, my child's grade school in chicago 
It's a Chicago Catholic school in in the city. It's a notorious football factory uh, going to high school. And we started a lacrosse team. Basically, I just took all the football players and said, here's what you do, and, and showed them that. And every parent came up to me and said, I wish we had this when I was young. Every one of them. They said, this sport is great. So if you watch it, you like it because it does have a little bit of everything. It's got speed, physicalness, you know, a little violence, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and that's what, and, 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 and skill, just the skill. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. And as someone, and, you know, I grew up, I was a huge baseball fan. I played baseball. Like we, I grew up in North Carolina. So lacrosse, like it had no, like my high school still does not have a lacrosse program. So it wasn't like a sport that was on my radar. So I grew up playing baseball, but as I've gotten older and I don't know what it is, but baseball has become painful for me to watch. Like it's hard for me. I think when I, I usually sit with my laptop, you doing some sort of work during most, uh, during, uh, any game at this point, but baseball, it's gotten so slow. And so like, I hear the numbers and baseball participation is dropping. I'm like, well, lacrosse has a prime spot. It takes a little bit of physicality from football. It takes a lot of the skill from like basketball and hockey. And it's a lot faster moving than baseball. So with, kids nowadays like they're just attention spans keep getting shorter and shorter like it's a much easier sport to watch because there's so much going on and it's not slow it's fast it's quick paced it's fun to watch like i think there's and but you gotta get like most kids emulate professional players that's just the way like when i was covering football like people might have mentioned the college guys but everybody also all you know quarterbacks would might have referenced Aaron Rodgers like I remember talking to guys and they were like oh, I want to be like Barry Sanders I want to be like like these are the people they want to emulate and these are the people they look up to like lacrosse just needs that like they need to and I know they have it now but just not to the mass scale that they would need it to be kind of and, and you know whether or not I should get like truly mainstream like NFL or MLB or NBA or anything like that but I mean I think at least the level of success of hockey Absolutely, soccer is truly attainable. Well, we have a soccer team here in in Indy that isn't even in the top level. What I don't even know the levels anymore. Um, MLS is at the top level of yeah, pro soccer. Major League Soccer. Okay, so then there's it, there's like a level below it. I don't, and it's professional, so I don't know if it's a B league or a different time. I think they get five thousand fans at, at, for that in Indianapolis. I mean, so if if that could happen, uh, it could happen with lacrosse. And again, putting lacrosse in these giant stadiums, it, it doesn't look good. Uh, right. You know, you have to you have to show the field looking. You know, if there's not enough people, put all the people. You know, you need better production, but. Uh, for the TV, but I, I think you know you get these new stadiums uh, for these soccer teams, and you say, "Hey, we're going to play in your your five thousand st- your five thousand person stadium and, and make it look crowded." Yeah. Um, but yeah, what you were saying about having the pro players and having someone to emulate—that's monstrous. That's huge. That's huge. but you know what, kids today, again, I'm very attuned to the youth lacrosse, and I go all over the country. And it's jam. It's huge. It's a huge sport. It is huge. Uh, like I said, Texas, when I'm playing a team from Texas, and I talk to everybody, obviously, I'm, I'm a talker, uh, and I have parents 
telling me, oh, this kid right here who's winning every face-off, uh, he was our starting quarterback for our football team. And I'm like, really? In Texas? I'm like, yeah, he quit. I'm like, he quit football? But like, yeah. I'm like, he quit football to play lacrosse in Texas. They're like, yeah, everyone is. They're like, one guy was talking about a team that used to have like 100 kids on the team. He's like, this year there's 40. This is Texas. This isn't somewhere else. This is Texas where I'm hearing this. And you see these teams from Texas, they're really good. Yeah. They are really, really good. And I'm like, okay. So if it, when I heard that, that's when I knew this is if you're if you're betting on something or if you're going on momentum. When you hear people from Texas saying their kids are quitting football to play lacrosse, that's momentum. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty big deal. I remember when I first started covering lacrosse, I was talking to one of the coaches. Um, I think it was Highland Park, and he told me like they the football coach would not allow his like the starters could not play lacrosse. Like if you were the starting quarterback, if you were the starting running back, starting corner, like they just flat out they they were it was football and football is a year round sport. Like if you're basically a high school football player they pretty much gear it towards year round. Like if you're not playing football, you're training to play football. You're getting ready for a combine. You're, you're training for that sport. So it was one of those, like, so to hear that players are now quitting to play the, play another sport. Now, not totally surprising. Obviously football's had issues with concussions and all that talk um, recently. So I'm sure that's detracting a lot of parents and they're looking for, they're looking for other outlets and lacrosse scratches a lot of itches for players and especially young players who want a little bit of contact you want to be able to run fat like it's a skill sport so you get a little you can get a little bit of everything out of lacrosse to kind of scratch some of those itches so it's not totally it's not surprising yeah well i mean the uh, a funny story about that is um one of the kids who i coached at the at the grade school the catholic grade school in chicago um he's going to be a great football player. He's in high school. He's probably a senior now. He's probably going to go D one for football. His father was a high school football coach. He was a coach at uh, lane tech and a couple other places. And I said to him, I hope your son plays lacrosse in, in uh, high school. And he said, no, my son won't be playing lacrosse in high school. I go, well, what about kids on your team? He's like, I've never let kids play lacrosse. I said, why? I said, it's great to keep him in shape. He goes, because I don't want my 240 line, my 240 pound linebacker coming back 200 pounds. He's like, they'll get in too good a shape. And I said, okay, I can understand that. Um, and then on the flip side, uh, at Loyola Academy, you know, I'll, I'll throw this out there. There was a kid coming out of eighth grade, uh, and at the time, and he was supposedly the best high school quarterback in Illinois coming out of eighth grade. I don't know how you do that, but he was, he was big. He was strong. He was fast. Um, but he was also a, a stud lacrosse player. Um, so he went to Loyola because of lacrosse. Mm-hmm. And, if, and, I, and when the, it was announced, I was next to the football coach and I said, he goes, yeah, I used to not like the lacrosse. He's like, but now that we have this kid coming, uh, he goes, I'm all for it. He's like, that's great. Now the kid quit the football team two years later and just concentrated completely on the cross. And he's going to be a freshman. He's a freshman this year at Princeton. So I think he made the right, the right move for, uh, for staying with the cross. But that was to hear him say, Oh, we got a kid to at Loyal Academy. I mean, you follow, you know, that school in Illinois, yeah. um, to have a kid come to Loyola and play football and say, I'm coming to play football because I like the lacrosse team is, is outrageous. I mean, that you'd never hear something like that. And, 
and that's happened. So yeah. that's uh, that's that's only good. That's only that's only good. That's that which again, and in Indiana where I am, tons of schools where you would never think you'd see lacrosse, they're all getting teams. Uh, it's going to take a while for them to catch up to the top four teams. Yeah, but they're doing it. Yeah, they're I mean, they're doing it. Coaching is a big thing, um, especially in the high school ranks. Like it just takes time. You know, you got. Coaching counts for so much in high school sports in general, but obviously when you're in, in, especially in lacrosse, like it's got to spread. Like you know, either the coaches or our parents who transplants from Long Island, which I've met more than my fair share of parents who um, they're coaches in Florida and Tennessee and places like that, but they are from Long Island, <laughs> like and they just right. move south for better weather, <laughs> like and they, right. they take the love of the sport and. Uh, in that, and then those coaches teach other coaches, and those coaches go on. It's just, and like I said, it takes time. Right. But um, for now, like we kind of want to start to wrap up because we're getting close to an hour here. But what I want to do is, so we've talked a lot about a PLL and our thoughts on it. But what is one thing you think that the league needs to do to ensure its success and the fact that it'll have a year two? It's got. It's just access. It's easy access. Uh, the more eyes that you can put on it, it sells itself. You know, it's that good. It's that fun to watch. So let let the people see it, and the product is 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 great. And, and put out a great product, and 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 make it and make it a show. Make it, you know, good production. Make be able to see the ball on the field. That's the other thing on TV. You can't see the ball. Yeah. So. And I think they've all addressed it. I think I think that's the, some of the things that from, uh, the PLL has addressed. So I am I am I am ready to see it. I'm ready to see how they do. Uh, they have it seems that they have the idea to to go with it, and we'll, they'll keep trying to make it better. That's all you could ask for. Yeah. So that's and, it. Make uh, make it seeable. Just uh, one thing is like you mentioned the ball, and the first thing that I thought about was I think it was I don't remember when it was, but I think it was when Fox Sports got the rights to NHL games. And I remember they used to have this, I guess you call it a feature, um, where they, because people used to complain about not being able to follow the puck in hockey. The tracer, and, the yeah, tracer technology. Yeah, so where like the puck would get this little like blue or red trail, so you could see what it was scooting down the ice, and it was so distracting, and I always hated it because I liked hockey. I was like, that drives me nuts, and I know they don't do that anymore, but I was like, just please don't do something like that. Like I, and I know. Like there's things that they're probably gonna want to do. It's probably gonna be a little bit outside because it, it helps grab attention. Um, but then those things quickly become, uh, you know, gimmicks, and it doesn't add add to the sport. So don't do that. But I also have to think that with Kyle Harrison being part of the um, one of the, among the players in the POL and the fact that he helped found the LXM Pro Tour, I have to believe it was like Paul was probably like, all right what were the things that worked? What were the things that didn't work? So I think there's probably the fact that there is a precursor to this sort of travel league is uh, probably going to help them a little bit. Like I, I tend to agree with you, like access is going to be a big thing. Cause I don't think product on the field, that's not going to be an issue. They have the players. No. Yeah. They got the players. They're going to be able to put on a show like that. The quality of that product is not going to be the issue, so it's just the fact they they got to get eyeballs, and I would think they'd have to get more people than currently. But I'm really interested in seeing where they go. Like I'll be eagerly awaiting. Like I, I'm really would really hope that I can lay down my money to see a game in Chicago. I mean, the Toyota Park is probably it's where the um, Chicago Fire of the Major League Soccer. Like 
I, I, I can't see him playing at Soldier Field because it's just going to be an empty thing. Like, you could get 20,000 people in Soldier Field and it'd still look empty. So, <laughs> it's going to be like they need, the, to your point, like, you got to play somewhere. But, I mean, even the Final Four, when I look at it at Gillette, I'm like, eh, it looks pretty empty. And they might say they have 15,000, 20,000 people, but I'm like, when the stadium holds 70, right. it, looks, it looks empty. So, and I think, like, and that's the perception that you don't want to give on the beginning. So, you know, you got to pick some kind of middle road stadiums to where it looks like it's crowd. So when it sees on TV, people think like, oh, there's a lot of people there. You don't want to have the first impression, but like, oh, there's a lot of empty seats because people notice that stuff. When the camera pulls back, like when I watch Redskins games, when they pull back, I'm like, there's a lot of empty seats in that stadium. So like, you notice that stuff. So um, I think access is going to be the big one because I don't think the product and all that stuff. And, I think Paul's a great businessman. I mean, he's seemed to be successful in every venture he's undertaken so far. He's got a huge YouTube following. He's huge on social media. His podcast seems to be doing well. He has a lot of fantastic guests. Like, it's one of those things, like, I would, you know, you talk about gambling. Like, I think I'd put my money on Paul at this point. I would, too. He seems to know what he's doing. And just the buzz that he's been generating in the little bit of time since this has been announced has been fantastic for the sport. So, and I know a lot of people are probably looking forward to that start that June 1st and seeing where this all goes from there. Yeah, I can't wait. I will definitely be at one. I will definitely be at an, an event this summer. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm no matter where, where they announce. Where, where, wherever it is, I mean, it's not going to be that far from me. I drive all, all over the place for, for lacrosse. I mean, I drove, you know, four hours to get a bottle of whiskey the other day. So that's that's what I do. I'll drive. I don't care. I'm a Midwesterner. That's what we do. We drive everywhere. So I will definitely go see a day for sure. Uh, and, of course, I will report on it, and I will get down there and probably talk to some people. Yeah. I, I, there's part of me that's hope because I usually head back east to Baltimore for the Under Armour All-American weekend, and I'm just thinking about, like, well, that's July. That's prime season. I'm like, you might not want to compete. It's like, yeah, you do the uh, Under Armour All-American game on a Saturday, and then you do a uh, POL game on a Sunday at Johns Hopkins, which Paul is a Hopkins grad. Can't be too right. late for him to get that stadium. So <laughs> it's uh, right. You'd think. You'd think. So it would be, you know, that could make one heck of a weekend um, to tie into something like that. You can have that one for free if they do it. <laughs> I won't take credit. Right. <laughs> it's kind of right. a, it's, it seems like a no-brainer, but you never know. Right. Well, what we've seen in pro lacrosse so far, it's a, it's a, you never know. But I think we're looking at a, a whole new ball game and a whole new, a whole new future. So I agree. And so Mike, this is our episode uh, first, our first episode together of uh, the the new version of the podcast. So thanks for being on. And just so everybody knows, we're planning on doing these. Like we'll be out every Sunday. Um, we will probably have to figure out, obviously, with Christmas coming up, what we're gonna do. Um, as far as that, and obviously Christmas and New Year's, we've got two holidays coming up back-to-back. So if we miss one or two, that'll be the only reason, but the plan is to come out every Sunday. And again, um, Michael, uh, tell them where they can follow you on Twitter and give your email out once more time. Uh, I'm at MFWCHI, MFWCHI on Twitter, and my email is mward at laxrecords.com. And send me a message, anything, I will definitely uh, engage. And you can find me at Lax Records on Twitter and Instagram. 